Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Say that there are some very talkative folks that, that sit in the back and have a nice chat about different things and. Some are very focused and quiet. It all depends on your personality, I think. I always laugh. I remember one of the very early Tour de Georgia's when uh, Aqua Sapone was coming over with Mario Cipollini, and they would call for Guppetto like 5K into the stage. And, you know, the American guys were like, seems a little early for us to already be, you know, working out a Guppetto thing. And, uh, and that became one of the bones of contention throughout the week. And the, and the Italians yelling at everybody all the time, too. We had the same thing at USA Pro Challenge this year with the... Uh, there was some definite tension that you could feel every morning between the World Tour guys, and it was really the BMC guys, the, the Cannondale guys, the Tinkoff Saxo guys, and then the, the smaller yeah, American teams. I actually teams. heard that. Was that? Oh, it was legit. It was real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was real. I mean, and it really came down to, the, you know, and it's, it's one of these things that's great discussion in pro cycling, the fact that you've got basically AAA guys playing with major league guys on the same field at the same time, but the skill level, there was a guy in the race who literally, and can I get, this is part of what Novo Nordisk is doing, in that they have a real limited pool of riders that they can, uh, you know, if you have to be a type 1 diabetic to ride for the team, there's going to be a limited number of elite, right. world-class, endurance athletes that are type 1 diabetic. So when they find this guy, and he's like 23 years old, he's Dutch, he's a, uh, was, uh, I think, setting Olympic standards in the 800 or the 15, and in two months from when they identified him as a world-class athlete, he was racing at USA Pro Challenge. That's, That's not enough, but, but that or is, is that impressive? It's is scary. that it's not both. good? <laughs> it's impressive physically that right. he can do That's that. And I mean, he was riding in the Gruppetto on the A Basin stage, and I'm like. That's amazing to think that this, I know Cat Fives that have raced for four years, that it would have bike handling skills and comfort in the peloton, that there's no way this guy could have. The same thing happens in women's racing where they, a really talented athlete like Evie Stevens, remember Rick? Oh yeah, she absolutely. Shot up. She Just went from Cat Four. And she started racing in April and by, she was making the world's team by September. That was, that was impressive know? to watch when that happened. I mean, it, it took, I think, a lot of people by surprise, but it was very, very impressive, and it, I think it pleased a lot of people to see that kind of personality come onto the scene like that. Yeah. Well, and then to finish that thought, so a guy like Taylor Finney or Rowan Dennis, they're on million, million euro a year contracts or, or whatever, but it's legitimate major league sports money. And they can't afford to have, and I'm not saying the Novo Nordisk guy was the issue. That's not fair. That's just one example of about 20 
in the Peloton. Whereas, like, boy, I mean, the, you wonder why Mickey Shaw is screaming at guys all day to, to get the get the hell out of here. It's because he's protecting their interest, which is this vanguard of uh, the Rowan Dennis's and the Taylor Finneys. Sure. I mean, think of the mid-'80s when the 7-Eleven team first went over to race in Europe. I mean, the reaction from the European pros it was... It goes two ways. You're right. They, and so the Colombians and the, the Americans in 7-Eleven, they had it rough. Uh, they, you know, nobody would ever let a, a, a gap open up to let you in. It, it, you know, it, you were going to be fighting all the time and using up your energy constantly fighting. The Colombians were downright scary. They were crashing people all the time. But then, if you came to a domestic race in America in the 80s, uh, Len Pettyjohn's team and the 7-Eleven team were far from friendly at the front of the peloton. They were doing ah. exactly the same thing. That was they learned the tricks, man. That's how. That's how athletics work. When they saw what these Italians were doing to them and blocking the road and these techniques that they never even thought of, but putting a narrow road, put six guys up on the front, they got taught that by the Soviets at the Course Classic. And they're like, huh, well, you know what? You can bitch all you want about it to the officials, but if there's no car there to see it when it's happening, you're not going to rerun the race. Right. And it's pretty, you know, so if you want to be a real hardcore professional and, you know, I mean, you pretty much have to start using these tricks. So, so was be, it go ahead. good for the the teams to be exposed to uh, the pro rider category or uh, caliber at U.S. Pro Challenge? I mean, that's got to make them better riders. Uh, well, absolutely. But that's not really it, what that race is there for. Right. And, and <laughs> it's not a development race. Right. Um, it, it's not a development race for the Tour de France. It's, not a, it's a stand-alone premium event. And, if, you know, and that's what makes it a little tough. Uh, and, you know, the, I mean, for it's, it's, it's such a psychological, like if you were uh, some kid on Jelly Belly and you've been yelled at for seven days by the World Tour guys, every time you try to bring Lachlan, uh, Lachlan Morton up to the front, you've got, you know, you've got the, the Draypack guys looking over at you going like, holy shit, you guys going to try again? <laughs> Remember the last time? Like, and, and then here we go. And then you get up there and then a, a panini gets thrown at you and you, you know, you're... You're like, ah, God, it's rough up here. Apparently, that was just a wrapper, though. That's what they're saying That's now, what they that say. There's no actual so there's panini no thrown. actual hard but, thing in the wrapper. Which I find hard to believe. Exactly. I mean, but have you ever tried to throw a wrapper? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly not going to leave a mark. Yeah. No. So Jelly Belly impressed the heck out of me, though, because they, they kept doing it. They stayed so, with it and so, did well. And that's how you earn respect. You know, like, eventually, the mean dog that's barking at you is finally like, all right, I, I, you know what, He's this guy's going to be here. Let's just make a little room for him now or them now. And nobody else try that. But, right. You know, like, after after this amount of fighting, we're going to just give you some space. And and they were they had they had two guys riding in the top five GC all week. Um, so... Uh, th that's one of those kind of things. Gavin Mannion was the other kid with Lachlan, Lachlan yeah. right? And I mean, so how can you not respect that? These two scrappy 24-year-old kids. Although you also have to remember Rowan Dennis is still 24. Taylor Finney's 24. Like all the best riders in that race were about 24. I, I, I didn't realize that, that Rowan was that young. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, he comes across as a much more mature rider. He was winning an Olympic gold medal or a silver medal at 20... 20 and a half years old. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you think, so going back into the history there a little bit, how do you think some of the uh, hierarchy and some of the um, 
politics of the sport are going to come to play in worlds as everybody comes over here from Europe and around the world to Richmond. How well, do you I mean, think that's going to be? The dynamics are incredible. I mean, when you think about the fact that uh, I would almost guarantee you we can do it, George. You know, over over time. But if you ask World Tour riders who are your real friends in the peloton, it's going to come down to two things: the the current group on your current team that you like, because you're going to travel with them all the time and eat with them all the time. So you're going to click out that group from the you know the three or four guys that you know you can't travel in groups of 12 all the time so right. you know you'll you'll figure out those guys and then the guys you came up with yeah the guys that you raced with in Belgium when you were a junior then you always are connected with them and so as you make your way through the pro peloton doesn't matter if he's on giant alphason and you're on uh, cannondale you always kind of got each other's back out there a little bit so you look out for your teammates and your old buddies and that's about it. That's about all you can look out for outside of yourself in the Peloton. So you've got that going on with the fact that none of these guys feel... I've never met a pro cyclist in this era. Uh, maybe Keel Reinen, who didn't make the team, was the most patriotic of all of the Americans. That, like, if you said, like, well, Keel, you know, he's got a library card, and he's an Eagle Scout, and he's, you know, like, <laughs> he's got all of those things that... You know, he participates in uh, American society. He yeah. smokes meat. Right, he smokes meat. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Um, That's funny. I was on a ride with him, and he, was, he left the ride early to go chop wood. Yeah, right. To get He's ready such a great smoker. guy. Yeah. See, that's the that's the tough things when you look at that. So every nation has the same issues. If you look, you saw the Yates uh, brothers article about the course not being really that suiting them that well. But you also see uh, Garrett Thomas pulling himself out of the worlds as well. So there's all this shifting around that happens. Guys coming out of the Welta that don't don't feel good, don't want to keep training for another ten days. They're, like, they're done. Uh, and ultimately, uh, these guys aren't riding for country, in my opinion. They're riding for their own personal ambition or to support their people. I mean, it's, it's interesting to think about, like, if Andre Greipel and Greg Henderson are in a group of 20 that's going to the line, I mean, Henderson has, for the last six years, given Greipel just about every lead out that he's got. How would he not do it again? It's that? almost muscle memory at that point. Right, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and there have been some great situations in cyclocross where you had the Sven Nace, uh, Richard Grondahl year where uh, they're on the same trade team, but they're one's Dutch and the other's Belgian. And what's the right thing to do here? Do you, should, should Sven chase down Grondahl? And, you know, he didn't because the Rabobank team, you didn't want Sven bringing up other guys and screwing up the chances right. for Richard to win. But, you know, theoretically, he wasn't racing for Rabobank that day. Um, he's racing for Belgium, and so what that's would be point. best for Belgium would the, what, like that's theoretically, and I think that's the the conversation that the Jim Millers at USA Cycling have to have. It's like, okay, but we're all in now. If you look at the American team, it's like, all right, Matthew Boucher, like, are you willing to you know go to the front with 5K to go and, and bring back a dangerous move if Tyler Farah is still in that group and we want to sprint for Tyler? And, you know, they kind of have to have a, a reality or gut check for all the guys. It's like, you know, what do we... And the, they, they've got some great guys like Ben King, who is clear... So he also gets the All-American kind of guy thing. Um, yeah, that's I think that's a good yeah, hometown. Call. Right. Yep. I mean, ben King has birthed a calf and, you know, things like that <laughs> that not a lot of people have done in their lives. And he also is fully committed to the program. 
Um, you, you, ben King is the kind of guy that, like you, that you just inherently trust. If he if he says he's going to do it, he'll do it. And that's the kind of guy you need on your team with 20k to go, and you've got another move with Peter Sagan going up the road. So looking at the field as it stands now that we've got a, got a, a good picture, uh, and I, if we can, I'd kind of like to go through the different races. Um, let's look at the, the team time trial, the, the trade teams that are going to be out there. Do you see anyone out of the men and women teams? Uh, who do you think has the best chance on that course? You've been there. You, yeah, yeah, you, no, you, I, you have I mean, a good feel for that course. It's hard to imagine BMC not winning this. Um, uh, just with the, like right now, you, you've not only got this amazing Taylor Finney story where he's come back into form and is at you know, such a high level coming back and so motivated. And you've got Rowan Dennis who is extremely motivated as well. Those are the two best time trialists in the world right now outside of Bradley Wiggins who's moved to the track. Right. So, uh, and I, you, know, uh, you know, that's, okay, they're two of the five best depending on course and, and situation in the world on any given weekend. They could be one two. They could go one two in Richmond in the individual time trial. Wow, that would be something else. And so, how do you beat that team in the team time trial? Especially when they're defending champions, they're taking it seriously. They've got the best materials. Uh, you know, it's going to be hard to beat them. That's, that's and that is being true. talked about yeah. a lot this year. I mean, people are really putting a lot of importance on the team time trial, which I think is great. Well, it's interesting, yeah, and it's such, I mean, I remember back in the, you know, the 84 games, like, it was also such a cool event, it's so visually attractive mm -hmm. to look at that, it's like the team pursuit, where you're like, my God, that is one well-drilled group of cyclists right there, and, and uh, but back then it was national teams, and uh, you'd get guys training together for eight months at, at camps and that kind of thing, and it doesn't really, you know, now it, it, it's trade team, so it's really an interesting change. Well, I, th I think for one thing that is going to be interesting for a lot of non-true cycling fans who don't maybe necessarily understand that cycling is truly a, a team sport. They see the team try time trial out there, and they see how people are working together. Maybe that will help them understand that it is a team sport and you have to help each other out. It's not everybody off for themselves. I guess that's pretty in your face with the team thing. Right. I mean, because what you'd have to say is like, look, a guy like Alberto Contador or uh, TJ Van Garder, and they can't win the Tour de France if their team is so bad it takes them out of contention. So that's pretty blatant there. Right. The, the more subtle team stuff, I mean, and those are the layers of the onion that you pull back as you get into cycling and you realize why the guy riding in the breakaway makes such a big difference for his GC guy later in the day, yep. that kind of thing. And that's what's so fun about the sport. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. That's all right. It's all right. We are at Ruben's Burger Bistro in Boulder, Colorado, Gruppetto Report. Rick Tillery, Dave Toll, our guest. We're talking 2015 Richmond World. So, women's team time trial. What, how are the U.S. women affected by not having Allison Powers this year? Well, you know, Allison Powers has remained really active as a coach, and she was up at Indian Peaks. I know she got married this weekend, so she's still there, uh, just not racing she's professionally. Not racing professionally. Yeah, you know, I mean, and I think that I give her credit. Why not go out on top like that? Uh, I think that the reality that the contract situation, even with the teams like United Healthcare and Optum that have come along, there's still no real living to be made as a professional cyclist, is a woman racing domestically. Uh, or even in Europe. I mean, it, there's maybe t t 20 women that are making any kind of real paycheck in the sport. You know, so that's tough. 
and she probably does a lot better with her her coaching business looks sure. really strong yeah. to me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many clients she has, but I bet you out. She, you might know. I mean, she probably has coaches working for her. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. so I know she's hired several people. Yep. That's a sign that she's doing. She's doing really well. Yeah. No, I, I'm. You know, I think we probably have hit the low water mark right now for uh, domestic women's racing. Uh, with really tough second half of the season for a lot of uh, the, the American teams and. These ladies have had to become pretty resourceful from June on, really, to keep their program going and keep showing up at races. I'm sometimes amazed at the quality of fields that they're still getting at a races like Gateway. I was like, that's not a bad field. Well, and, you know? and many of them paying their own way. I mean, I know several right. who just decided that they weren't going to pay their own way anymore, and they just decided to stop racing. Right. And it's, it's, it's sad. But, right, yeah. yeah. It is. Uh, but it speaks to where we're at. And I, I think that... You know, this is the whole conversation that I, 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 I think I've talked to enough people now that the, the ones that I respect, that I believe care about professional women's cycling, are not for a minimum salary at this point in the sport. Uh, because all you're going to do is any team uh, that is being forced to pay a salary will fold. And then we'll have no teams at all. And then we're. Which would be terrible. And then we've taken time. another step backwards. Yeah. Right. So that didn't do. That didn't do anyone any good. Um, that's putting the cart in front of the horse, as they say. Right. And uh, so, um, that, that being said, what is the answer? Well, you know, there seems to be more women out there riding and racing than I've ever seen in my life. And uh, creating events that are uh, standalone women's events is really, I think, the, the next thing. You know, the Exergy Tour, which was really cool in a lot of ways. It got the full the kit and caboodle treatment from medalist and that it looked exactly the same as the tour of california that happened the week before uh, the podiums the staging the announcing the everything was the same and that was really cool and it only lasted one year because it was you know obviously the the james Carcula's story uh, was not one that played out well for a lot of entities in cycling but women's cycling unfortunately he was their champion at the time Look at Half the Road, Catherine Bertine's movie. I mean, he's featured pretty prominently in it. You know, yeah, was... he has a vo he bought a voice in the sport, and it wasn't the right voice, unfortunately. So, looking at the field for and let's focus on the team time trial for the women. Anybody stand out? Uh, Team yeah, I think once again, and it's sad that this team is going away, but the Lulu or uh, what is now Velocio SRAM. Um, that team uh, on paper is the BMC of the women's team time trial with uh, uh, defending world champion, German champion, Taylor Wiles, really, really strong American. That team, Lisa Brenauer is the one I'm talking about, who's I think probably the best women's time trialist in the sport today. And, uh, and that's another team that those ladies will want to go out with a high, on a high note, I'm sure. Who, do, who wouldn't? But. It'll be interesting to see how the domestic ladies uh, stack up against the, the ladies from Europe. You know, I've seen some of them training here, both domestic and, and some of the European ladies here, and, and men, as a matter of fact. A it's, lot of people have been training up here in, in the Boulder area for, for worlds. I was talking with a friend, though. Uh, the, the team time trial is so much harder to execute than people might think. You can even watch uh, you know, high-level world tour teams completely blow it at events like the Tour de France or the Giro. And I think you're going to see the problem is going to be some of these teams that are... are 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Basically, a composite squad now. These got ladies have not raced together. They've never done a team time trial. You can't simulate this going up and down 119. You just can't, uh, because on that course, all of the corners that you're going to be going through, and that's what really ruins the flow of a team time trial. Just coming out of every corner, if one person surges up at the front and creates that gap, if the guy's already at this limit at the back, and then all of a sudden that's when it starts going bad and people don't know what to do, and you know, it's, it can be unbelievably chaotic when you're in that situation and you're like, oh well, wait a second, you know, I got three guys who are riding away, we've got four guys back here, one of them's got a flat tire, one of them just crashed, you know, like what do we do here? And so none of these ladies, I think, have the experience that of, and this is to the credit of the Velocio SRAM team. They've trained for this. They, a lot of them have uh, raced on the track also, so they've done team pursuit work. Um, and uh, if you look at the poor, not poor, but an American Continental women's team doing yeah. it, they're, they're gonna, that's gonna be eye-opening. Radios, directors uh, have worlds. Uh, they do. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, That's interesting. And, and the road race as well. Uh, you know, I guess I'm not gonna say absolutely they I do. I think they do. Yeah. 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 They do. Wow. They, they, you, they, you don't use radios much, but at the use at the the Grand Tour level, in the World Championship level, and the World Cup level, like there's radios at Flesh Wallon or uh, that. Kind of thing, but there's not going to be radios at E3 hard to break that kind of thing. About juniors, U23. You know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you on that. Is all I really know about for the most part is the Americans. Um, I don't have a lot of knowledge on, you know, who the top uh, Italian U23 kid is right now. How do you think uh, we're doing in development? Yeah, we're really lucky that we've got kids like Logan Owen who. Logan Owen has never lined up at a national uh, cyclocross championship and not won starting at nine years old. You know, he's 20 years old now and he's winning stages at Tour of Utah. He's, you know, he's the only American ever that's been on the podium at the world champion, well, not podium, fourth in the cyclocross and road in the same year. So, and he's 20 and he's doing this in the U23 races now. So we're gonna have, uh, we're really lucky that there's this unbelievable crop of American kids that, and you look at the two programs, Hincapie and Action. So what George and Thomas Craven and Rich Hincapie are doing with that team is amazing. What Axel has done with Action is also amazing. And so the American kids get a shot to have a great mix of national team and trade team. So they can do Tour of Californias and Utahs and stuff, but then when they're not doing that, there's not racing in America for these kids anymore. You want to be a heavy hitting stage racer, then you're going to have to go do stuff over in Europe. 
there are the races that no one in America has ever heard of before, but these are the races where the top Ukrainian kids are showing up at, and this is where you cut your teeth in the sport, for sure. The Right. Right, exactly. There's there's nothing even close to that in the United States for an under-23 rider. As a matter of fact, I mean, you look at it, that Reading 120 just took place. Where are the Reading 120s anymore in this sport? You know, the, the Saturn Cycling Classic, which we talked about, happened. That's 13 years ago that that race lasted. Oh, was it that long ago? Yeah, no, 2002. 2000, 2001, 2002 were the years that that race ran, I believe. Oh. So, yeah. Yeah, so... When you think about it, you know, uh, th there's a lot of room for, uh, like, an organizer that wants to do something special in cycling. There's, you, you could. And this whole gravel thing that's happening now is definitely, there will be a gravel, a legitimate UCI gravel world championships in the next three years, I bet. Not in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, well, I mean, and <laughs> they deserve credit. They should no, get first yeah. crack at it. You know, no, you know, no offense to those guys that they've been putting on a, a, an incredible I've heard event. great things about yeah, their event. I have too. Any, if, if the the uh, bike monkey people and the yep. uh, the dirty cans of people like you, then you're in, in that world. You're golden. Yep. Because they they're legit. They don't. Hey, uh, they don't. Like I told Neil Shirley, I am not a journalist. He is the gravel world champion to me. Right. <laughs> There's no unofficial there. Who else is? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who else is? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, getting back to the UCI worlds coming up in Richmond, I, I really, you know what's going to be cool is we'll get another bump out of this thing because there's going to be some stoked American kids and particularly Virginia kids or Atlantic Coast kids that are going to, uh, you know, fall in love with cycling just like Will Frischkorn did when the Kmart Classic went by his house in West Virginia or, you know, both Joe Dombrowski and Ben King are Virginia kids. So, I mean, there's no reason to think you couldn't do this because Joe and Ben did. You know, it's, it, I, I, I know it's going to have a big impact on, on the East Coast because we were talking before we started recording. My dad has been telling me how often he's seen the commercials promoting the worlds in Richmond and... He's learned more about the sport from those and you know, than, yeah. than me talking to him. It's funny, I, I have a feeling that if you lived in Richmond and weren't a cycling people, they have won you over with just this relentless same thing. Like they're just always there saying, hey, this bike race is happening and we want you to know that and uh, we want you to be excited. And, you know, and eventually I think most people in Richmond now are like, I'm on board. You know, you can't fight this. You're you're not going to stop it from coming down your street if they've already routed it that way. So why not have the best house party in the history of house parties? I, and I have a feeling you're going to be on Libby Hill. I have a feeling Libby Hill is going to be a lot like Manio. It'll be insane. Uh, you know what, though? And this is not a knock on what the Philly people did. And Manio is different now than it was back when I was kind of there. Because it was, it was much more of a, like a fraternity row, uh, kind of like the Cross Vegas with the beer going and all of that. And now I think it's a little bit more of a, a civilized crowd on that hill. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting. It's going to be fun. It's, it's, a lot of it is going to be VIP, too, which that kind of brings down the crazy thing. Yeah, I can, you, I can You know, like, yeah. It's always weird when you're announcing when they, when it's just regular people across the way from you at a big event versus the VIP people who all have access to go get a glass of wine or, you know, snack or whatever. The regular people are so much more engaged. 
in it because they've got really nothing else to do. Right. They're standing there on the fence. And so, and they're and they're hardcore fans. Where a lot of the VIP people, they're like, ah, oh, you know what, honey, I can get four VIP passes from our friend Rick. He, you know, works at Amgen. You want to go and you know, check it out. Check it out, and they do. And I mean, more power to them. No criticizing them, but oh, and it, that's it, a nice way to expose people who may not have gone to the race, right? And maybe you're hoping, home. maybe might write us check and become a sponsor or well, something. That's where I was going. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, so speaking of the course in Richmond. How do you think this is going to shape up, and do you think weather could play a factor? You know, the, the crazy thing is, in my time in bike racing in America, it's like, it seems like any time we have a major event, something crazy happens. Like, the flooding in Louisville. Like, we, you know, when's the last time, if you look, I don't think the Ohio River has flooded since. It hadn't flooded for many years before that, but the weekend that there's cross worlds in Louisville, it floods. And that was like Army Corps of Engineers had to flood it because of something, you know, whatever. Right. But uh, yeah, I can picture it being one of those like Oslo 93 kind of days, like where it'll be rainy and cold and a hard man's day. And uh, because the coverage is going to be so good, Universal and NBC will. I'm, I trust that they're going to do an awesome job, and if they can do a good job with the coverage, and then you know the big screen TVs on Libby Hill, and the people can see the racing that's coming at them, that's the best scenario that you can possibly have for a spectator. Is where you, you can see the big screen, and then you can feel that it, it's coming, and then you start seeing the cars coming by, and you're still watching the riders, and then you know where they are, and it's uh, like that is the moment that, with cycling that is that that's the million dollar moment, you know. Dave, I'd like you to go through the men's pro team, U.S. men, but I also, you are a walking encyclopedia of cycling. So when you are at an event like the Worlds and you're announcing, the peloton goes through, what do you do in the downtime, the time when they're not there? How do you engage the crowd? Because so, so let's you're on the Worlds team as well. Yeah, well, thanks. I appreciate that. But oh, the... Uh, it's true. The... You know, there's, you're going to have this, like, crescendo that happens every time the riders come through where the people go absolutely nuts, and then you kind of want to give them a couple minutes to sort of regroup and find their lawn chair, or, you know, like, and then we can start talking about maybe some tactics uh, of, of what's happening here, because I'm going to assume, you know, there's, I don't try to dumb it down for people, but I try to, I mean, hey, I learn stuff. Like, if Gord Brazer stops and talks to me for two minutes about what's happening in the race, he'll tell me something I didn't know that was going on. And he'll be like, well, what's really happening here is the Slovakians hate the Slovenians, and they, that kind of, and you're like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. And that's the kind of stuff I'm trying to uncover. And by being like, you know, every time in the 20 years that I've seen Gord and he's come up and wanted to talk, I've been all ears. You know, and, and so you get 30 different gourds out there for you and you can figure out a lot more of what's going on with this whole thing. And then, you know, yeah, uh, so talk about what we're seeing right now, what's coming at you. And uh, yeah, that's, it, I know it doesn't, it doesn't sound like enough, does it? <laughs> like, but I think that's pretty much it. I, at, at something like this event, They'll definitely, you know, it's like a Tour of California or USA Pro Challenge where there's a sponsor obligations where you'll be asked right. to read the cards and that kind of stuff, which I actually don't mind at all. Um, I'm just imagining you out there six hours or so. 
e easier. And you are yep. engaging the crowd on your own for six hours. Mm -hmm. So are you by yourself or you have a co- I am by myself. Yeah, you know, they're, uh, Brad uh, is going to be down with a guy named Randy Ferguson at the finish line. Okay. And, they, and then they're much more like official. And I'm kind of in uh, the, uh, there's going to be a, a VIP USA Cycling element to Libby Hill. That that's sort of my. Uh, it's it's really different when you're not announcing the race at the finish line. Uh, not good or bad, different, just different. I think you might be able to have a little bit more fun since you don't yeah. have to be the official yeah. announcer. You can you can I used, interact a little bit more. And, and I would agree. I used to announce on Lemon Hill back when that was part of the Philly course, and it was the exact same thing. Because yeah. I actually thought Lemon Hill is the perfect place to be. Because downtown uh, at, or on Ben Franklin, it was corporate, and it's just a you know VIP white VIP tents up and down the thing. Both sides. Both sides. Yeah. Then you go. So and those people are not passionately listening to you announcing. Up on Mania, they can't hear you. It's so <laughs> insane. And it, like, and so it doesn't even matter what you're trying to announce. And then you, it just gets crazy where you, you just can't announce hard enough. And, and but, but on Lemon Hill, it's more, if you have an intimate relationship with them, it's not so crazy that they can't hear you. But when it gets time to get crazy, they get crazy. So they give you a hundred percent, like, in the moment when you want it. And then we can settle back down again and get a little more reasonable. And you're also at that point, you're on the big and the small laps, so you saw them a lot. Uh, yeah. That yeah. Lemon Hill was, was really cool. It I, was cool. It's sad that that's not a part of that race anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is still a part of that race. Oh, is it? Yeah, I yeah, they yeah. Lemon Hill out. Uh, no, I, they, they still got Lemon Hill. Okay. Yep. So, uh, as George asked, what? How do you see the the men's race lining up? How, any anybody really taking you know taking this course into consideration? The possibility of some rain. God, it's, I just can't imagine now. It's either going to be Peter Sagan or John Degenkolb. I just, it just seems like they've got the teams around. Well, Sagan doesn't really have the team. Cavendish with, with his Great Britain squad, they might be able to keep the... I mean, it's interesting. You're, you're, it's going to be a great world, there's no doubt. Uh, it's pretty hard for me, though, now. If I look at my crystal ball, I see John Degenkolb. Interesting. Yep. Coming off of a great Welta, his uh, that giant Alpeson team rode really, really well for Tom uh, Dumoulin all the way to the end. I mean, it didn't work out on the last day, but he still won. But Degenkolb won the stage, and so, yeah. And I just believe in that guy. He's been really quiet. Like, I'm surprised that they don't talk more about a guy who's won Milan San Remo and Perry Roubaix and all the stuff that he's done, and he's just getting going. So, how old is Dumoulin? A Tom, he's, yeah. he's young too. He's 24, 25. He's uh, maybe 25, 26. Yeah. Giant Opposite's got a young team. Oh yeah, Lawson Craddock on that squad. Yeah. We're, we're talking about Carter Jones. Yep. Another uh, yeah, this, it's, it's an exciting team. Those are the kind of teams that you like to see at your race because they they race hard and they, you know, they're it, they're like a BMC or a Cannondale, just the classier classier teams out there. And passionate. Passionate. And passionate, and and also like, and it's good to see Trek Factory doing it now too, where they're starting to hire more Americans and bringing like, I thought it was really disappointing that Matthew Boucher was the only American on uh, Trek Factory, and then isn't racing at the Tour de France. I and, was mystified by yeah, that being, and, the, being the, the national champion. Right, and so, but also that team is actually an American sponsor, but run by Italians and Belgians right. and stuff, and you know, 
they're not really that worried about their priorities, not American cycling. But it looks like someone at Trek must have had a talk with them, you know, and helped move some things around. And before we wrap up real quick, let's touch on the ladies' race. Uh, anybody standing out there that you think is going to be able to tackle this course? You know, I mean, uh, I think Armistead is my pick. Lizzie Armistead is like this probably who I'm going with. That would probably be a bit of an upset right now. And that's another one where, uh, and this is, it speaks to the lack of media coverage and how hard it is to watch uh, European women's racing in America. I don't know anywhere near as much as I would like to about the pro women's peloton. Rather than pretend that I do, you know, I mean, I'm obviously aware of the Evie Stevens and what's, you know, but uh, my depth of knowledge is nowhere near the same because of lack of exposure. And it's too bad. I mean, I I absolutely would, I I watch as much women's cycling as I can find. It's just harder to find. Yeah. Right. I think Ram, to tell you the truth, the race, race across America is one of the events that, not that anyone is giving the women short shift, but Ram does a really good job of telling the women's stories as well as the men's stories. There's no differentiation in, well, you know, don't worry about sending a cameraman with her because it's a her. You know, uh, just stay with the, the guys' team or whatever. Seems like they're more looking for the real stories. And I, you know, eh, maybe uh, there's lessons to be learned from there's lessons to be learned from all of the different disciplines in cycling and their successes and their failures. You can look at 24-hour mountain bike racing and what did they do right and what did they do wrong as well. You know, and women's bike racing had a real heyday in the like. I mean, I definitely remember the Didi Demet Berries oh, and the yeah. Laura Van Gilders and the, these great showdowns when you know there were there were real you know there were just real teams that were squaring off and it, there was a great storyline and that's not their women's fault that that went away because they always raced with heart. They still do. I mean, I I've said it a ton of times, but if you go to an NRC or NCC level race, the odds that the women's race is going to be the most exciting race of the day is greater than any other race of the day. And I've seen it time and time again. So it's not it's not for a lack of trying. Right. And actually, they're more professional, too. Well, and they're better know, with sponsors. They're better with, you know, so I don't, don't get what like the problem is. Team, like with, with some of the some of the men's teams, you don't have like a mega team that will go out there and dominate the entire race in, 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 a, in an NCC race. In the, in the women's side, mm-hmm. there's more chances for people to win. Right. Which that it makes for a better sport, I think. I right. 2015 Richmond UCI Pro Championships coming up. Nine days of racing. Yeah, I think the great news for Americans is going to be that they're going to really cover this event well. Uh, it looks like you're going to get a chance to see a ton of racing on Universal. Or and if you're going to be in Richmond, I know that a lot of the athletes are going to come by the USA Cycling booth to do some signings and, and a lot of different stuff like that. So it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. George, you coming? I'm going to be in Boulder doing phone-in reports with yep. uh, a lot of people who are out at Worlds, actually. We'll do a phone-in report. There you go. Dave, I'm hoping you and I can connect as well. You Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Group Petal Report, Rubens Burger Bistro, Boulder, Colorado. Rick Tillery, Dave Toll. I'm George Thomas. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.